Ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday, October 16th. This is the Cheats Movement Podcast. I am your host, Cheats. And, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest. Even though she's our co-host, we haven't seen her in about two or three episodes. Give it up. Gigi Broadway all day is in the building. Gigi, how you feeling? Feels so good to be back, Cheats. Oh. It feels so good to be back. It warms my heart that you're back. I've missed you so. I tell everyone that listens to the show, it is impossible to do the show without a co-host. Not alone, not alone the things that you bring to the show, but it is impossible to do the show without a co-host. It's extremely hard. And, you know, I, I am the first one to welcome you back. People miss you. They email me and it's like, where is Gigi? And my answer is, I don't know. Where is Gigi? <laughs> I'm like, where's Gigi at? So, Gigi, quick life update. What have you been doing since uh, we haven't had you on the show in the last couple weeks? What is new? What is happening? Well, you know, one of my personalities is kind of addictive. And I have fallen into, like, the freelance trap. I'm just, like, out there doing freelance jobs. I found this cool site. And I've just been working, man. I've been in the house. I've been taking a social media detox, an official one this time. And, I mean, I feel good. I'm just ready to get back out there now. How long's it been without social media? Do you feel you don't feel disconnected from the world? I totally feel disconnected. Because <laughs> we have a lot a to way. talk about on this show. You know what? I feel less programmed. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, you're not the only one because you may not know this because you have not been on social media, but it's been big news that uh, post Saturday Night Live, Kanye. Oh. decided to drop all you know he's off Twitter again he's off Instagram so he like you has a it's almost an intermittent fasting relationship with social media and it's so he's off now he's the reason why the what? reaction what? to his rant is Cut the reason why out. I had to like well we're going to be talking more about uh, one of your favorite <laughs> artists Kanye West in a little bit we've got a brand new segment on the show that we're very excited about yes. it is ask the audience or no how do we say what's it called uh, the audience asked us so is it ask the cheats movement yeah so we've got a great segment where uh, callers have called in and asked the cheats movement uh, myself and Gigi Broadway questions we are going to go heavy into that segment you can join that segment by emailing your question to thecheatsmovement at gmail.com. You can also look us up on Facebook. You can look us up on Instagram. You can send us as many questions as possible. We'll try to get to as many of them on the show. Not only that, we have a very special interview with City Council member Michael Jones of the 9th District. He was the council member that... Uh, put in the resolution to have the Richmond City Council control conf- their own Confederate monuments and memorials. That measure failed last mm. week. It failed by a vote to six to three. I wanted to talk to uh, City Councilman Jones, find out what his thoughts were about the vote. I had my own. I was obviously extremely disheartened. Not that, uh, I mean, I won't go into it now, but I was disheartened. Not that we didn't vote to remove them, right? I was disheartened that we didn't vote to have control to make the decision whether to remove them or not. Right. So the fact of the matter is that a lot of that rests with the General Assembly and the fact that we don't have control of it is disappointing. 
and us asking for control of our own monuments in the in the community in the city of Richmond it was a bridge too far for six members of city council and it was just so delegate Joe I mean delegate Jones councilman Jones and I get into that a little bit later in the program uh, you're gonna hear that interview you're gonna hear us answer questions GG Broadway is back yes. but first as always dip set. Welcome back to the Cheats Movement on WRIR. Joining me via phone, he's traveling on the road, so there might be a little bit of static, but I'm very excited to have Dr. Michael Jones, Councilman for the 9th District. We've been talking a lot about what's been going on in City Council the last week, so with no further ado, Dr. Jones, welcome to the program. Hey, what's going on, man? I appreciate being on Cheats. Talk about hip hop, politics, and culture, man. Well, yeah. well, we're, look, look, look. We're gonna narrow it down this time. We're only gonna talk. We're gonna talk about one specific thing in this, and how we got here. Because last week there was a six-three vote. It was a vote that I think a lot of the Richmond community, a lot of the state, if you will, even the nation, was looking at in regards to having the city of Richmond be able to control their own monuments. Now, this has been, you know, just about a year in the making. You first put out the resolution a while ago. The first vote, what we talked about, was kind of, you know, delayed, if you will, because of the Monument Avenue Commission report. The report comes out. You rightfully did what you said you were going to do, Dr. Jones, which was put the resolution back forward after the commission uh, report came out. And then last Monday, they voted 6-3 to not to go ahead with it. I just want to get your kind of views right now because I know you're not surprised. Are you disappointed in the way that the vote turned out? Well, and again, I think I've answered that question a bunch of times. I'm not disappointed uh, in in the vote. The, the, the two resolutions, believe it or not, are actually different. The first resolution, especially on the heels of Charlottesville, you know, we were just like, hey, let's take these down. I mean, it's a lightning rod issue. Let's take them down. So that was the first resolution uh, that was voted down. And people were saying, well, you know, hey, we want to hear from the mayor's commission on the monuments and, you know, kind of take our direction there. So I backed off because it, it did make good sense. I backed off. And then once the commission was done, it was like, okay. Let's go about this differently because the real issue, uh, Mark, isn't about whether they come down or stay up. The issue is, as I see it, is the right to decide. And whether you're conservative or liberal, whether you want them up or down, uh, I I can just appreciate having the right right to decide as a locality. And so that was the point of departure of my second resolution that was, you know, distinctly night and day different from my first and so it it is definitely disheartening and concerning uh that local legislators would not want to have uh the right to decide because i would want the right to decide and say if, if i were pro monuments i would say i want the right to decide because i want them up you know versus just abdicating all authority i don't understand that as a local legislator 
I, I don't understand it as a constituent. So as a as a constituent and a resident of uh, Virginia, I'm not a resident of Richmond. We made that clear, but as a resident of Virginia, I can I completely understood the resolution. I understood why we had to do it because the General Assembly has um, basically domain, if you will, in a Dillon Rule state on you know what can be done, and you have to request to basically have control, which is crazy in itself. But you have to request. Um, to be able to control your own kind of monuments and those things. So I really appreciated, if you will, the way that the resolution was written. And because it was written that way, hearing some of the explanations, if you will, from your city council colleagues, I, I I need to ask you, and I want to do, I want to be tactful in doing it, but is it that because they're very smart people are they very smart people that didn't understand the resolution or is it really smart people that were hoping that the citizens didn't understand that their explanations a lot of them didn't actually address the resolution does that make sense one one let me speak to the intelligence of my colleagues they're they're smart Um, people we 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 do have a very uh uh uh, high brain trust skill set on council in other words they understood uh, the resolution. They understood it well and good. Uh, they were looking for a way out, and I can understand that. It is a very divisive subject, and whether I want them up or down, I believe as a leader, you know, I, I was elected to have difficult conversations, you know, and to not run from them. I mean, where would our country be if individuals ran from? I mean, because honestly, this isn't that tough of a discussion. It really isn't. When you think about the Civil Rights uh, uh, Act, when you think about uh, the Voting Rights Act, when you think about uh, the women's, you know, 1919 and, you know, the amendment for women to get the right to vote, women's suffrage movement, those were tough. This is easy. (laughs) We're talking about artwork. It's, you know, it's kind of like Allen Iverson. And and we're talking about practice and we're talking about artwork. This is not a very difficult conversation in the scheme of history, right? And so, you know, that's the disheartening piece that individuals on council would not want that right and then use everything to hide behind. Uh, and Jason Cameras, our school superintendent, he was very forthright. And I, I, read, I read his tweet as my closing remarks saying, do not use Richmond Public Schools. Do not hide behind Richmond Public Schools. You know, don't don't do it. And several and several of your colleagues did. And I'm I am glad that you read that tweet. I read that tweet as well. And I've heard uh, Dr. Cameron speak on this a number of times. And I do see a problematic trend, if you will, um, in, in regards to just about anything. I remember telling my wife, I was like, I can make a sweatshirt that says. The funds used to make this sweatshirt could have gone to RPS. <laughs> and, but but I, but I think you're starting to see a trend almost immediately where if you don't want to do anything that has a fiscal impact anywhere, you can say, well, that should be done. That, you know, those funds could be used to improve RPS. And well, I, I, I think difficult. I think our mayor, I think our mayor labeled it correctly as the politics of camps. Mm-hmm. You know, we, mm-hmm. we cannot be governed by the politics of can. We can walk into bubblegum at the same time. We have to be able to, you know, deal with the difficult issue and fund our schools. That That's my main priority. Much of what I'm looking at right now, it, it's it's about how do we find funding for our schools? 
material. I need more money in the general fund. And so there's some things that I have to do as I do other things as well. So I can't shut down the entire operation because I want to find funding for schools or I want to get one particular department to work more effectively. We, we have to be able to multitask uh, as legislators in the city uh, the size of Richmond. Let me ask this, too, in the sense of you mentioned it in the past. It's, it seems to me, uh, even if he hasn't actually made an official statement on I think he's made enough statements. It seems to me most of these votes, you said you, you listed it as a divisive issue, and I understand that it's an issue where uh, certain, you know, there, there's different numbers from different citizen trees or different polls or whatever. However, it seems as if the mayor was kind of in support of the resolution. It seems as if the, and I don't want to put words in people's mouths, but it seems like the superintendent was clearly saying, hey, look, we can do both of these at the same time, and, and it's important for our children to have important messages. Um, so, in your opinion, because clearly you didn't have a boogeyman in this issue, usually people that vote no on these types of things are afraid of something or someone, whether it's a, a you know lobbyist group or the mayor's office or a more powerful politician. I don't get who the boogeyman is in this particular resolution. So enlighten me. Do you know who it is? Is it just they're afraid of their own citizenry? Well, I mean, I, I think you have to look at uh, uh, how the vote fell. You know, and, and I guess what concerns me is that all white members of council vote against this. Mm. That That's alarming. Mm. You know, whenever that many people of one race get together, something should be said towards that. Uh, just like if it's a divisive issue and all black people got together, you know. But, you know, so so that that's 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 telling. That's telling. I never thought of it. That um, way. That's the first. That's that, the first time I've thought of that. That's a that's a good way to think about it. That, that that's very very telling because if, if 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 white legislators did that, we would still be dealing with Jim Crow segregation. Mm. And so, one, we need courageous leadership. We need individuals to stand up, not for race, but for what's right. And again, all I was asking for was the right to decide. Mm -hmm. That's it. And which is not it's not that's not controversial. But again. I understand why an individual in the first district and second district might not be in favor of this because the, the, the monuments are in their area. So, but I could respect the fact of saying, you know what, people in my district don't want it, so I'm not, I'm not for it. Mm -hmm. Versus trying to hide behind education, you know, or, you know, one, one, one person said, uh, this is too broad of, you know, the commission said only Stonewall Jackson, but this resolution is, is listing all five. And the only reason why I listed all five is just these are the monuments that are on Monument Avenue. See, you won't say these, names. These are... that, that's First District Councilman Addison. I saw the whole thing. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I like Andres. I know him. I thought that he was way too smart not to have an understanding of what. Again, there were several council members when they explained their no votes. Uh, Addison and Larson and Gray. And, and I was like, I don't understand that you're. It, it could have been just my understanding. Maybe I'm off and everybody else is on. But it seemed like they changed the subject or changed the resolution to fit however they saw able to vote no, but it wasn't actually the resolution. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, again, it, it takes courageous leadership. We as a city, this, is, this was an easy discussion. There are other things out there that are going to be, you know, 
that, that are going to be just as divisive as these monuments that are going to have a greater impact on our city. You know, as we talk about mitigating poverty, as we talk about finding real solutions, real funding solutions for schools, as we talk about affordable housing, as we talk about all of these things, people are going to have to step up and say, look, let's do what's we got to do what's right, even though it might impact a particular part of our citizenry in, 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 a, in a different way. You know, people want to tout, you know, oh, jobs, 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 jobs or, you know, people have jobs. Well, man, people in my district, they've got to work two jobs just to make ends meet. So just because you can find two jobs doesn't mean that our economy is great. I need for people to be able to get one job, sure. <laughs> right, and make money. I mean, we need to talk about Medicaid expansion and, and why the Republicans are tearing that down. So there are so many different issues that our city is facing and going to face as we talk about affordable housing. You know, why are we giving... You know, all of these different developers, there is $23 million sitting in a tax abatement fund right now. $23 million. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you sign in, you get you get it for 10 months, 10 years. And so why does a fan, someone, you know, renovating a house in the fan that that has money, why do they need an added incentive to have taxes deferred for 10 years? It's, It's those issues. Monuments are easy, man. It's artwork. So with that said, are you confident moving forward that the council, as it's constructed now, can even have tough discussions? If if they're not getting the easy discussions done or done right, are you confident moving forward that this particular council can have tough discussions and make tough decisions about the future of our our community? I'm I'm concerned about it. Mm -hmm. I'm concerned, especially as things begin to – because here's the thing. You can't be for the culture and against the culture simultaneously. I I, I do want to get you out of here because I know you're on the road. I appreciate the time. But before I get you out of here, a deep, heartfelt congratulations to you on your engagement. I am very, very excited for you individually as you, uh, you know, you, look, look, you take, take on this marriage thing. You know what I'm saying? Man, you talk about, you know, <laughs> hip-hop culture colliding. I mean, shoot. I'm marrying hip hop, hip hop culture, man. Oh, that's you know, great. June, that's great. June has been in hip hop culture for decades, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I'm just excited about it. No, she she's fantastic. I've had the pleasure of meeting her. You are a very very lucky man. Uh, you married up. That's what they tell me anyway. <laughs> man, <laughs> look, they tell hey, me when they met my wife, you married up, and I was like, look, I, I, I'm all right with that. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm 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 truly happy. I'm blessed. I'm fortunate uh, to have someone like that to be willing to say yes and i'm very i'm very excited about it. i'm very excited for you in june we are going to get you out of here dr james thank you for the time this is the cheats movement on wrir we will be back after this you watch your step. ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen this is the cheats movement on wrir it is tuesday october 16th Gigi broadway is back Woo-woo. we should call this episode Gigi's home Yes. Gigi's back. Dipset just played. You just you just mentioned something <laughs> real special about Dipset. We have a Thanksgiving treat. I heard they're dropping an album on Thanksgiving, and I cannot wait. I saw some uh, on my uh, look on my social media. I saw Jim Jones doing some things, oh, getting ready for uh, Thanksgiving in the Dipset album that's coming. It seemed like everybody was back together. Yes. Everyone was there. So it seems like. 
you know, Jewels is still out of jail. That's good. That's like excellent. he's not. He's not. I know that's still over his head, but <laughs> you know, he's not in jail right now. Dipset right has got some good things coming. It actually makes me think of a question for you. So I'll be the first one to ask a question because the news just came out uh, a few days ago that in 2019, Amy Winehouse is doing the late great Amy Winehouse RIP. Yeah is doing a they're doing a hologram tour so they're actually touring venues with an amy winehouse hologram for amy winehouse fans first two two part question is it is it a is that the move is that a fly thing to do for late great you know past artists and then two who would you most want to see who would you pay for to see a hologram tour of somebody that has passed away. Well, see, it's tricky because it, it it could go both ways. It depends on what they're doing, like what they're performing. And I don't know. I have mixed feelings about a hologram tour. <laughs> I really do. It, is it, it, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, we go to dance parties and it's like, oh, it's a Stevie Wonder themed dance party. Or it's a, you know, yeah. a Motown themed dance party. This is... You're going, Amy Winehouse hologram is going to be there. They're going to play a bunch of Amy Winehouse jams. Dang. Uh, I guess I'm here for it. If I had to pay money to go see somebody, uh, the hologram of someone, that's crazy. I don't know. I'm going to just say Max B. Free Max B. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Max B is not dead. He's Max B is is in jail. He will be in jail for a long time. So he's incapable of performing. But he's, so he's incapable time. of performing. <laughs> I don't know if that would do it for the world. That would do it for Gigi Bravo. It Broadway. would do it for me. It would do it for me. I'm going to go to like the recent legends that have passed away. When I say recent, like I would go see a Michael Jackson hologram tour. Oh, I would man. go see a Prince, which I have seen Prince live once. I saw Prince live once in New York, Madison Square Garden. But I would I would see Michael Jackson. I would see Prince. I'm trying to wrap my mind around if I would see a Tupac hologram tour. That's the thing. That's the thing. Or Biggie. Like, come on. I might see a Biggie hologram tour. I wouldn't. Tupac. I would. And I, I'm a big Biggie fan. I'm a bigger Biggie fan than I am a Tupac fan. But I saw the Bad Boy 20th reunion show, and they put Big up on the big jumbotron, and so that, that was, was enough for you. That was enough for me. I don't need to see a Biggie hologram. <laughs> The big, big on the jumbotron. You put on uh, a couple of the hits, Big Papa. You put on the joint, uh, like all you know, Victory, and you're good. You don't need okay. a hologram of Big. Okay. I might need a hologram of Pop. Like the Pop hologram Come might be now. the thing. Nah, might be the move. Nah. See, Michael Jackson would be a great one, but a hologram can never do Michael Jackson justice. So I, it's like I don't even want to see. I think <laughs> on the on <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I think a hologram could do a lot, like, cause the hologram could get Mike in his prime. Okay. Like well, Mike, yeah. Mike wasn't at his prime towards the end of, oh, of no, his of his life. So See? no, I'm just saying I would probably go. With that said, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do this forever. Moving on. Uh, wonderful, wonderful segment we have right now called Ask the Cheats Movement. We have solicited your comments and questions over the last few weeks. We're going to try to keep these as real time as possible. And so we have some voice messages. 
from some of our friends, and we are going to play them, and we are going to answer the questions they ask. So, ladies and gentlemen, we need, Gigi, we need, like, special theme music. We need some we type do. of Ask the Cheats Movement theme music. We got to get on that. All right, we'll get on that next time, but we'll right now, free. right now, we'll just get right into our first question, and it comes from my main man, Chris. All right, what's up, Chiefs Movement? This is Chris. Uh, I just wanted to call in and ask what you all think about Kanye. I feel a little torn. I feel like we, I've always known that he was a bit of a jerk, but if he was a jerk and saying things that I liked, I sort of let it go. And now he's saying things that I don't like and doing things that I think are are too far or different, and I don't know what to make of it. Excellent question, Chris. Excellent question. And one that Gigi Broadway and I have a very strong difference of opinion on. I will give the floor to my co-host first because Chris, like me, Gigi, is very distraught about the new Kanye. And at one point when Kanye was being Kanye, he could say things and we'd be like, yes, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Now that he has changed, done a, you know, a whole trump support thing even the things that he says that make sense i am very hesitant to support break it down for us gg what do you think is happening with your hero kanye west well i'm gonna sound so bad when i say <laughs> i will say i'm torn too i'm gonna be honest i'm torn too um because hearing some of the stories about how vain he is as a person bothers me. However, I think, and I still stand behind the fact that I think Kanye is disrupting things that have needed to be disrupted for the last decade or so. I think he's, I think he's smart. Is he crazy? Possibly. Well, I mean, we got to use... Is he having a mental episode? We want we want to use the word crazy lightly, right? Okay. We All don't right. we we want to keep the show for another well, that's week. What the we media don't want likes to toss right, around. Yeah, right. crazy. But WRR, we want to keep our show for another week. So we'll mental episodes. Is he, is he crisis mental health mental, mental health crisis? Is he having a mental health crisis? Maybe, possibly, probably. But I mean, who doesn't? You know, I mean, every. <laughs> or maybe I'm just speaking for himself. I mean. At the end of the day, yes, he does things like wears a MAGA hat and he doesn't speak ill towards the president like we have grown accustomed to do. But I think about it like this. If you want something your way or if you want something to happen for you at work, are you going to walk in and treat your boss like crap or are you going to kind of play the game but and Don finesse? Donald Trump is not the boss of Kanye West. He's the commander in chief. Of the United <laughs> States of America. I mean, that's what people fail to realize. He's a clown. Uh, he's a joke. But at the end of the day, he is still commander in chief. So why not finesse the finesser or play the game to get what you want? Forgot he's in the White House so you, freeing Larry Hoover. So you're saying that Kanye West is just doing this specifically for selfish reasons. The things that he wants to get. No, done. no, no. I'm saying that he's playing the game. And right. He's getting he's playing a position to get close to the president to accomplish and make things happen that we need as a society. So you think he has a master plan? You think this is like a big. I really do. I don't. <laughs> I don't at all. And I think, I mean, I think that, 
I don't, I don't think it's just that I am concerned about his stability and mental health. I am concerned about that. I don't want to be dismissive of the some of the things that he says. Okay, good. But I, I was told a while ago, and it really does make a lot of sense to me, that you have to be mindful of the messenger as well as the message. So when I say that, like there are organizations that I disagree with. I, I just for one, I am not a huge supporter or a fan of the NRA. Okay. There are things that the NRA says that make sense. Right. right? Like the NRA could come out tomorrow and say, you know, we should really be doing more to protect people from gun violence in Chicago. They will say that. Right. But the they don't want anyone to infringe on their, you know, ability to sell guns. Right. So so the, the messenger has to go along with the message. The messenger of Kanye West at this point to me has been so distorted, not just about the whole President Trump thing, but just everything that's led up. The fact that, you know, all of the episodes that he's had, all of the, the falling out with permanent like a lot of relationships that were permanent relationships that made him who he was. He doesn't rock with Ron Fest anymore. He doesn't rock with Jay anymore. He does. You know what I mean? Like there's just so much of that. And it, and you ask why that happens and it comes back down to uh, a egotistical self-centered thing. And so that part of it, and even the stuff that he's done recently, the stuff that he did with T.I., the stuff that he did with J. Cole, the stuff that he's done you believe Drake or don't believe Drake, right? The stuff that he did with Drake when he had him over to Wyoming. Drake is showing him pictures of his kids. And then selfishly, you know, he drops his album around the same time that Drake, before Drake was going to drop his album. He, you know, has a lot of references. And I'm not a Drake defender. It's just one of, like it. no, no, no. One of the things I'm saying about Kanye and the way that he conducts his relationships reminds me a lot of how Trump, President Trump, conducts his relationships all of it is what can it be done for me and the problem with that i have especially with the president and even to an extent at one point i looked at kanye as someone that could really help the community help the people and i do think that he's problematic now no matter what he does from now on it's going to be marred by this current state of kanye that we see and you know, it, it it just doesn't feel. We were just talking about it. it. Just for for me, it just doesn't feel the same. It it just baffles me, or it why people who speak out against the majority are automatically pegged as problematic. Explain to me though when you say the majority, because what are you talking about? Like he is, so he's aligned with President Trump. President Trump is a Republican. They control the White House. They control the Senate. They they control Congress. They control everything. So in the world of public policy and government, they should be doing all the things that they want to do right now. Now, so if you're saying that Kanye West is a black man and he's speaking against the majority of black people that happen to have a history with the Democratic Party or a history of progressives, Mm -hmm. guess what? There is a reason for that. Right. Like, so people, people always, uh, we won't go on the wrong side. We won't go too long on this because we got other questions, but it's not like all black people woke up and was like, we're Democrats because somebody told us to be a Democrat. No, but that is, no, it's no, it's not. No, look, look at, I would have thought so too. And I would have taken that on face value too. But if you look 
at the policy positions from basically the Civil Rights Act on to today, I would argue that... Now, you might argue that the strategy is wrong, right? Mm -hmm. But I would argue that in their heart of hearts, in their actions, and who's backing up what they say they were going to do for civil rights, it was indeed the Democratic side, the progressive wing of America that did that, while the other side... Well, they, you know, they have, they know they have, they have different reasons of way of empowerment. Their most of their empowerment is through capitalism, capitalism, right? So their argument is much more of a capitalistic argument. While I think the progressive and democratic wings argument was much more of a equal rights equity argument, and I think that's why black people and brown people and people that felt infringed upon kind of tend towards the Democratic Party as opposed to Republicans. I can't feel what the Democratic Party has done for black people or people of color. I just don't see it. I I see the guise of it. I see the whole manipulation tactics. I see how, you know, when Clinton was in office and he played the sack, smoked some weed, did some crazy stuff, and he was the black people's president. But even, even, even with a guy like Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton actually made an effort to no 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 no. i'm not saying again policies mandatory minimums some of the criminal justice reform stuff i understand is problematic and it has been problematic right right? Mm -hmm. however even even it wasn't cool like y'all people tend to forget like bob dole didn't want black people voting for him or or he didn't make any policy gestures to court black people to do it. So that was the real like Bill Clinton beat uh who did Bill Clinton beat ninety two? I'm trying to think. But it was but 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 we're getting off we're getting off of the subject in the sense of like I think there is a reason why Kanye is being highlighted. And I think it's one of those things is because his views he chosen this. This is the guy. Again, let's let's re- go back to the messenger and the, the point of Kanye. This is the guy that stood up after Katrina on a national telethon and said George Bush doesn't care about black people. He spoke his mind. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know, and and most people cheered because most people agreed with him on that. And looking at the response of Katrina, however, there the human element allows him to basically personal relationship with the president the human element allows him to ignore a man that says you know all mexicans are rapists or you know what i mean like it's just one of those things where it's it, it's tough for me to deal with I just, it's tough for me to deal with the I, messenger is problematic to me see a couple years ago he was a, he was a musical genius though he still is he still is a musician. no one is taking away his musical genius okay but geniuses aren't eloquent in their speech <laughs> you know geniuses don't have all the, you know what i mean it's just their delivery isn't always orthodox it's just i would rather align or i would rather yeah align myself with somebody that i know their agenda rather than align myself somebody that i but you don't you trust. cannot honestly we'll leave it at this but you cannot honestly tell me that you know kanye west's agenda I don't think I don't think no Con- one does. I don't think what Kanye Kanye's- I don't think Kanye West knows Kanye. Oh, I think he does. I think he's clear, and I think he's very and much. We'll have to leave it there. Good part. Good segment, yeah. Gigi. Our <laughs> next uh, our next question on Ask the Cheats movement comes from my good friend Wes. Wes, what you got? Hey, Chief. Oh, man, this is Wes. 
I was just having a conversation about older MCs still dropping new projects. Uh, I think Jay-Z is still one of the best, and I think T.I. is probably one of the best in terms of staying relevant and being more consistent without trying to sound younger and still his sound being his sound. Uh, who do you guys like that's still doing that? Very good question. Um, Jay-Z is a great example. I also would have to really say Lil Wayne is probably a pioneer or a great example of how to stay relevant during climate changes of hip-hop. I mean, he just dropped, what, Carter Five, and just, I mean, it, it was still a good body, a good classic, but well, I'm not gonna say classic yet, but good body of work, you know? And there were songs on there that were super old. So I think he's a good, another person who doesn't get enough credit, I think is 2 Chainz. I mean, because 2, Two Chainz came in the game, he wasn't a spring chicken, so. And he has managed to stay super cool, super cool. His flow's crazy. I mean, his vibes are great. So I think those are really good examples of, um, of people trying to, you know, remaining relevant in today's today's industry. I'm gonna jump in because I think because uh, I think Wayne, believe it or not, I think Wayne is 36. So Wayne is again, he's, he's been in the game for a long time. Forever. Wayne is 36. I think Two Chains. He's either 38, 39, 40. You know what I mean? He's in his 40s. He might be. So so it's a great question, Wes, because uh, we know Jay-Z is 47. Nas is 47, 48, like around there. Eminem is 45, 46. And so so Jay dropped 444. And just to answer the question directly, to me, Hove is the GOAT. Like, Hove is the greatest. and and, And he's adjusted with the eras without... Sound like he he doesn't do what the young boys do and he doesn't have to it's yep. just he is so he's to me and then again jay-z's also to me the greatest rapper of all time period Facts. but uh when we look at those the guys that are kind of the elder statesmen in the game right now and so if we're looking at jay we're looking at nas who just dropped in that kanye west released right and mm-hmm. that we had eminem that just dropped kamikaze right we've had you know who who i and no i'm just saying who who we think are can nori believe it or not nori is another one um but uh, a person that i would say really is just dope he will universally and always be underrated but black thought oh um, wow uh, like black thought remember when he shut down the hip-hop world with his fl- funk flex freestyle yeah black thought will do something you know, just 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 pop his head up, mm-hmm. you know, smack down the game, and then just go back to the Kimmel sh- like the yeah. Jimmy Fallon show and be like, so I think, oh, and and, and I can't like Ti's album right now, Ti just dropped, and I think he might have dropped one of his best yeah, projects. That's true. I mean, and it was it was that Ti flavor, but it was an, an adult album. So there's definitely hope in hip hop as we mature as 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 consumers. And the, the artists now don't feel like they have to retire at any time. I think Jay-Z, T.I., Nas, even this Kamikaze album with M, even if you don't like Eminem at all, like he was rhyming. On, I mean, he was he was going in on the rhymes on how he went about his business. So I think that... Uh, I don't know. M's getting a little dated to me, man. He might be, but I'm just saying, flow for flow, he's pretty... He, he I thought the Kamikaze album... I don't like what he rhymes about, mm-hmm. so I don't, you know, that's not necessarily my thing, 
But the talent is the, it's the same talent that made him Slim Shady. Period. The the songs the 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 flow is the same flow that made Dr. Dre pay attention for the mixtape. Yeah, but is it cool anymore? Might not be. But that's the thing. That's like the, the one thing about Wayne, like I, it's interesting about you mentioned Wayne and the Carter Five. I love the Carter Five as an album. But the Carter Five, go back to the Carter One, like Wayne is just in the pocket. Like he doesn't sound dated, but he hasn't changed up. It's not oh. a lot of change. You know what I'm saying? But he's still cool. Yes, very much so. You know what very I mean? much so. And he and he but but it's interesting to to kind of put that in perspective because the flow the Wayne flow is the same like exactly. yeah people could argue now the Jay-Z flow has been the same for a long time mm-hmm. but the argument was when Jay first came in the game the flow was completely different like he changed his flow to make himself more commercial yeah. appeal I think that the, the, that the good part of this conversation is that you got now the young wave of all the people like just a young wave of everybody doing what they're doing mm-hmm. and then you've got a wave of people that are definitely over 30 well into their 40s now with the exact same talent it's like you know they can play they can play in the nba much much longer yeah and they, they make their money they can go on tour you got people like nori and button who have reinvented their whole careers to to talk yeah. their own podcast platform so i mean i think it's a good thing man. i think it's a good thing all right, we got moving on. We got another question. My good buddy Ted. Ted, what you got? Hey, what's up, Chiefs Movement? This is Ted. As you know, today is the 50th anniversary of the historic and heroic medal ceremony protest by John Carlos and Tommy Smith. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how that resonates with us today, a whole 50 years later. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Ted. And it is a great, great question. It is the 50th anniversary of the 1968 Olympics in which Tommy Smith uh, won the gold medal and John Carlos won the bronze medal in the 200. And if you don't, if you're not familiar with the story, they on the podium, both of them had black fists that they stood on the podium and raised uh, raised their black fist in solidarity for the plight of the African American community in the United States. And it was a big deal. The 68 Olympics in Mexico City was uh, there was a widespread talks of actual protesting those Olympic Games to draw more attention to the unjust uh, kind of plight of African-Americans here in the U.S. Uh, It was just a big, big deal. And the question that Ted brings up, Gigi, is what did we learn 50 years later? Unfortunately, I hate to sound cynical on my own show very often, but the truth of the matter is we didn't learn much. Really, we really didn't. If you look at Tommy Smith and John Carlos and you look at the way they were treated post the Olympics for, you know, doing protest a pro, a, a protest action to draw attention back to uh their concerns in the community for black and brown people if you just look at that on the surface you fast forward i guess not 50 50 years but you fast forward 48 years and you see what's happened with colin kaepernick take a protest action taking a knee during the national anthem to draw uh attention to what he says you know what he believes is challenges in the black and brown community from our government 
and you see what happened to Colin. Like, <laughs> Nike ad aside, you know, the man lost his ability. They, you know, they colluded and put him out of the NFL. He hasn't had a job since. Eric Reed, the safety that just signed two weeks ago with the Carolina Panthers, who was the first teammate to kneel with Colin, was also out of the league. He just signed, um, and he took a knee, the la- you know, last week. So, with the, unfortunately, Tommy Smith and John Carlos were pioneers in a sense that, you know, took a stand, a little active stand on a, on an international stage to draw attention to the plight of black and brown people, and they never got recognized. They never was able to return to their sport. They were never really even acknowledged and upheld for the courageous acts that they took until probably 40, 45 years later. You know, they just, you know, they won the Arthur Ashe Medal of Courage at the ESPYs, you know, a while ago. Um, you know, they seemed to have livelihoods, even though they were out of work and, and, and broke for a long time. Um, so, what have we learned? It's really tough to say that we've learned enough where we start to acknowledge, um, you know, peaceful protest actions or even some of the problems that Tommy Smith and John Carlos were putting their fists in the air for still exist today. Right? Still Still exist today. And it's the same reason. Some of it's the same reasons why athletes like Colin Kaepernick or Eric Reed are taking knees or you start to see. So... It's really, really tough. Um, hopefully, history, you kind of see this in the case of Ali. You see this in the case of some some athletes. You know, down the line, they do get acknowledged and recognized for the courageous actions they took at the time. But my thought is we really should be learning a better lesson faster. And we're not. So... I don't know what you have to say about it, but, you know, you see it time and time again that we just haven't learned our lesson and we're not taking action to make, you know, to, to, to make these situations better. All right, Gigi Broadway, our next question is from Karen and it is a Facebook question. So thank you for anyone that was on the Mark Cheatham Facebook page. That is uh, the, the Facebook page that I use for some of this stuff i also use the cheats movement facebook page but special shout out to karen and karen wrote i just heard on npr that 18 to 29 year olds are less likely to vote do you guys have any sense that young adults in rva are more engaged than than that for the upcoming election or does that sound accurate for our area too 18 to 29 year olds i'm gonna take this first because honestly I uh, just watched over the weekend uh, one of my favorite shows, my, one of my favorite podcasts, Pod Save America, is now live on HBO. If you haven't watched it, make sure you check it out. But they talk a lot about uh, grassroots activism, a lot about canvassing, a lot about what's at stake in the upcoming midterm elections. Democrats, even though Gigi may not disagree, may disagree based off our previous conversation, Democrats have the opportunity. It looks really good that they may take the House. Uh, the Senate is going to be very close. It looks like the Republicans will probably maintain the Senate based on polls. But there are some very exciting candidates, uh, especially African-American candidates, Latino candidates uh, that I'm very excited about. Um, and 
the question is, can 18 and 29-year-olds make a difference like they did both times that Obama ran for president? Sad news right now. My read of enthusiasm just in the community, everything's based on individuals. So, like, for example, in Florida, there's a young man down there, Andrew Gillum, has a lot of enthusiasm uh, amongst young voters. Uh, the, the Latino, wonderful Latino lady out of New York City, Alexandria Cortez, I, I'm going to say her name wrong every time, but she uh, is going to be one of the youngest people in Congress out of New York, and she has a lot of enthusiasm. However, in the Richmond area, just GG Broadway, me and you, face-to-face, I don't see a lot of enthusiasm to get out and vote amongst 18 and 29 year olds and that is deeply concerning it is i and if they are i think it's more so out of fear (laughs) out you know from the current climate but yeah i don't i don't get a read of much enthusiasm or excitement or sense of urgency to vote and i think and i think that has a lot to do with our current state we talked about this just a little while ago Our current state of civil discourse, our current state of politics, even discussions like the one you and I just had about Kanye and Trump, they get so down in the weeds. They get so negative. They get so like you just feel gross talking about it that I think a lot of young people, 18 to 29 year olds, they just want to live their lives and be like, I don't I'm in college. I I mean, I'm disappointed about, you know, X or I'm excited about X, but it just it has this overall kind of negative feel about being involved in politics right, right. that that i don't it's going to be very hard i think to get young people that don't have a cause i, I let me say that because there are amazing young people march for our lives on gun, you know gun safety gun control the parkland kids mm-hmm. very motivated right. there's a campaigns for restoration of rights for ex felons that I know young people are very excited about. There's campaigns um, now that the Supreme Court uh, is, you know, a, a conservative Supreme Court. There are definitely campaigns to for women's reproduction rights. Right. Young people are really excited about. But those are causes. And they may not necessarily lead to a higher vote turnout in November. I think... Honestly, I think it's more free thinkers out there and speaking. I'm ding, 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 buzzword. You know, <laughs> it's such a buzzword. But like, as a, okay, speaking as a conspiracy theorist, yes. I'm going to just be honest. Off the rails, this show goes. It goes off the rails. But I'm just going to say it. Like, I feel like there are more people, especially in that specific demographic, that just really don't think that the whole voting process is legitimate. I'm going to be honest. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. I understand. So I think that's a big deterrence. And whether it's right or wrong, it's a matter of opinion. But I think that has a lot to do with it. Does, you know, it's a big consensus in the that type of atmosphere that the vote voting process is a sham. So why vote? So what do we do? Because we do know that the system, there's plenty of problems that the system's broken, right? Like the right. Electoral College alone is problematic. Right. More people more people voted for Hillary Clinton than Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is still president. And that's so, what I'm saying. Like, But how do we get young people, how do we get young people more, even more engaged to actually just be a part of 
midterm elections, president like presidential elections to an extent, like young people turn out because there's a lot of effort right. and everybody says young people, young people, young people. But right. like in November, there's no president on the ballot. How do we get people to how do you get young people to engage? I think it's the job of the candidates to up the trust factor. I think the trust is gone in the whole process. I think the trust is gone in the premise of politicians are here to help. People are confused. People don't just want to see change. No change is, is happening. I think it's the candidate's job to figure out a way to, you know, just put that fear, of, not fear, put that trust back into the communities. Now, what that looks like, I don't know if it's the form of media, you know, going harder in the media, um, standing stronger in, you know, their platforms in regards to, like, just getting their message out there. I don't know, but it's, 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 it's looking bad. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for this week. The return of Gigi Broadway. Gigi, how did it feel to be back? Man, I felt like I'd never left, which is awesome. <laughs> we got to thank Councilman Michael Jones of the 9th District for uh, giving us his time and talking about the resolution he put in on monuments in Richmond. Really appreciate his time. We got to thank everyone that participated in Ask the Cheats movement. Chris, Wes, Ted, Karen, an amazing segment. What do we have coming up? Gigi, what's coming up? I know we got something coming up. What's coming up? Um, this Saturday coming up, we got a couple rap battles. Well, um, shout out to Southpaw. Southpaw. Shout out Radio B. Bravo. Southpaw Battle Coalition. Yes. Legends Never Die, what, four? Yeah, it's a big deal. Oh, my God. It's, it's a, a big, big deal, deal over down at uh, Strange Battle, right? That's right. That's shout cool. out to World Battle League. Um, making it strong. Come back our debut um, this Saturday. Before that, I'll be judging there. So, so you check out Gigi Broadway and then go jump over to Strange Matter. Where is the World Battle League? Do you, do we know where that is? Just check it out online. Check it out online. It's, out, it's online. Check it out online, online. But then make sure you I don't miss, don't miss Legends Never Die, Strange Matter, Southpaw, family out there. So shout out them. Uh, big announcement, ladies and gentlemen. We do have a big announcement. November 11th, Sunday. Mark your calendars for Sunday, November 11th. The Cheats Movement, Gigi Broadway will be in the building. I will be in the building. Our live podcast, November 11th at the VCU ICA or the ICA at VCU. It's the Institution, <laughs> institution for Contemporary Art at VCU. 4 p.m. live podcast post midterm elections we'll have some amazing amazing guests it's going to be fantastic it's all a part of a WRIR day at the ICA so I think there's three different podcast shows ours is going at four o'clock I think we're closing the show out we've got some very special guests more details yes. about that coming Can't wait. I'm so excited about that so make sure uh, you come through it's free I believe it's free open to the public you just need to just show up at the ICA and I will tell you now, our guest, it's going to be a big deal. So the guest that we're pulling, I don't know what other shows are pulling, but our show is pulling uh, some amazing guests. Yeah, so make sure you check that out. I'm going to leave you, ladies and gentlemen, with my music pick. Gigi Broadway is over there scrambling about a music pick. I'm going to leave you with my music pick, which is T.I. T.I. We just mentioned him a little earlier. T.I. dropped an amazing album. I think some of his best work. 
It is called Dime Trap. It's called Dime Trap from T.I. That's my music pick. You make sure you check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our episode for this week. Make sure you follow us on SoundCloud. Make sure you follow us on iTunes. Please leave a review. We need those five stars to keep this show going. Keep our lights on. And until next time, we see it. Mm-hmm.